Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show about living your very best life. And today on the show, such an important topic and one that comes up every day in my job, which is in both in my job and in my personal life, actually, which is the most challenging job and the one we never got the manual on, uh, parenting. Uh, So today's show is about where have we gone wrong. And what inspired the show is that I think that we're seeing, unfortunately, huge increase in anxiety in our kids, uh, depression. And again, the good news is that there's some minor tweaks that can be done that can make all the difference. We know a lot more about parenting now than we used to. There's a lot more science on it. And it's really a question of getting the information out. So uh, Straight Talk's a great platform for that. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at the research on parenting. We're going to look at what works and what doesn't. Um, by the second segment, we'll have Georgia, uh, Georgia Dow join us. She is a therapist at the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. And she does a lot of work for us with parents and children Um, As I said, there's been a big rise in anxiety and depression in children. Lots of reasons for that. We'll get into that when Georgia gets here. But before we do that, I want to talk about parenting styles. So first of all, if you'd like to join the conversation, give us a call at 1-866-472-5792. If you prefer to text 1-514-796-4357. If you prefer email info at helpforanxietydepression.com. So there are different kinds of parenting styles that have been shown up in research that people tend to do. And the reason we're doing these parenting styles is because our parents either did them to us or we want to be the opposite of our parents, which unfortunately leads to um, swinging to another extreme. So let me start by naming some of the parenting styles that show up and that we've observed both in our practice and in research Uh, and the problems that come with them. So the first one uh, you might recognize very easily because a lot of us grew up with these parents. Um, I have European parents, and you might too. And certainly um, this kind of parenting style is very common in first-generation kids, but not only in first-generation. It's called authoritarian parenting. Um, Maybe you tend towards statements like this. You believe kids should be seen and not heard. You feel that your rules are the rules of the house and it's your rules or the highway. And, um, you know, you might know that you're authoritarian parents if you say often to your kids or all the time when your kids say, why can't I do this? You say, because I said so. I'm not saying there's not a time and place to say that. Uh, but again, we're going to see some of the fallout of authoritarian parenting. Many of us grew up with it. It certainly did you know, the good part is it brought on respectful behavior, which sometimes we don't see as much of these days. But what the research shows is that children of authoritarian parents are at a higher risk of developing self-esteem problems. And that is because their opinions are not valued. Remember the, because I said so. So we used to think that this was the way to go. Parents were the boss. Kids had no say in the matter. And so that was the way it is. Kids were seen, not heard. 
authoritarian parenting leads to troubles. So we're going to take the best of each style and we're going to eliminate the bad parts. Um, And we're going to use as our template here, what does it look like to raise an emotionally intelligent child using a lot of the research of John Gottman, who's, uh, you know, again, uh, a master researcher, researcher on parenting. But before we get to how we do it right, let's go through some of the other parenting styles and problems that go with them. So there's another parenting style called the dismissing parents. So the dismissing parent tends to treat the child's feelings as unimportant or trivial. So this would be the parent who says, like, you know, you think that hurts? I'll give you something that really hurts. Or don't make a big fuss about that. Or big boys don't cry. Um, this is not a big deal. Your, your, your knee ache is not a big deal. Get over it. Uh, the, this kind of parent tends to disengage from or ignores the child's feelings and basically wants the child's negative emotions to go away. Again, if you're doing this, you don't have to crawl into a hole. We all do it from time to time, but it is called dismissive and it doesn't work too well. Um, why do people do this? Well, often the child's emotions feel very demanding, especially if you grew up not having the right to express your emotions. It's very difficult then to hear your child expressing theirs and being needy. So this parent tends to minimize the child's feeling and downplaying the events that led to the emotion or the response. And again, not a lot of problem solving with the child. And the belief there is the parent believes that, you know what, the child will get over it. You know, you've gone over things, they'll get over things. The problem is the effect of this style on children is that children learn that their feelings are not valid, that they may even be wrong, their feelings are inappropriate. And so therefore, if they have these feelings, the child interprets that as there is something inherently wrong with them because they should not have these feelings. Their parent is looking at them like, what's your problem? So the child interprets, I must be the problem. And none of us want our children to feel this way, but unconsciously this is what happens when we dismiss the emotion of a child. And we're all guilty of it just to, you know, normalize this again I've said this sometimes to my child, like they say they're hungry. I go, you're not hungry. You just ate. Okay. Even that is dismissing the feeling. So you might be thinking, well, does that mean I should give them food every two seconds? No, it does not. But it means that they have a right to feel what they feel. So, oh, you're hungry. Yeah, that's not a good feeling. But that doesn't necessarily mean giving the child a snack. That's a little bit of an unusual example. But The challenge lies in when the child feels all sorts of emotions that are provocative to you, because if you grew up with dismissive parents, you don't probably know your own feelings. So now your child is expressing feelings and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. The good news is that if you can get a handle on this and validate your child's emotions, you don't only heal your child or help your child, you heal yourself. And it's hard to do. You know, I didn't grow up with, you know, a lot of you know, oh, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way, Sandra. So therefore, to be able to validate my child's emotions, it doesn't come that naturally. But yet when I do it, you can see how well the child responds. And we're going to get to the research on that too, on how children respond extremely well to being validated and start to behave in much 
better ways. So there might be some of you listening right now, eye rolling and going, I don't want to validate my child's emotions. They have too many emotions. But the win there is not only for your child, it's for you. I want to talk about another parenting style here that's very similar to dismissive. It's called the disapproving parent. It's very similar to dismissive, but it throws in, this parent throws in judgment and criticism. Um, in terms of the child's emotional expression. So it's not only, I don't want to hear about your feelings, but it's really, you know, again, what's wrong with you for feeling this way? It's also this parent really teaches the child that there's one way of behaving and there is the standard, you need to follow it, and negative emotions need to be controlled. Get your negative emotions under control. The reason parents do this sometimes is because there's still this belief that many of us grew up with is that emotions are a sign of weakness. I mean, the American Psychological Association used to believe that emotions were a sign of weakness. They were wrong. They acknowledge that now. We now know that emotions are a sign of strength. They're your guidance system. So this idea that we don't want children to feel their emotions, that children should be emotionally tough so that they can survive their lives is actually what we know now in psychology is that's off. That's not true. And it also does not help your child to grow into a strong version of themselves. The problem is that this parent, the, you know, the disapproving parent believes that negative emotions are just unproductive and a waste of time. Like stop pouting. Get over it. Get on with it. And in the short run, it may look like that's working for your child. But the problem is that the effects of this style on your children will be, again, like the disapproving, sorry, like the dismissive parent, the child learns there's something wrong with them for having emotions. And don't we all have emotions And isn't the root, the area that I'm involved in a lot is anxiety. The root of a lot of anxiety problems is repressed emotions. Another style in parenting I want to mention is very fashionable these days. It's called the laissez-faire parent. And this parent says, you know what? No problem. Express your emotions. Go crazy. No problem. No guidance on behavior or very little and no limits. So now the child is expressing their behavior and maybe punching a wall and it's okay. Kids can be kids. It's all right. And this parent believes that there's not much you can do about negative emotions. And once again, we're not helping the child problem solve. And we're just letting the child express, express, express. And we have to be careful because maybe in discussing dismissive or um, disapproving parent, there's the idea that laissez-faire is the answer. Let the child express whatever they feel. No, that's not the answer either because feeling the feeling is okay, but what you do with the feeling is called emotional regulation. And if emotional regulation is not in place, then the child does not learn to regulate their emotions. That child grows up having difficulty concentrating difficulty forming friendships and difficulty getting along with other children because they don't know what to do with their emotions. So that's a mouthful. I realize that. So on the next segment, we're going to tweeze it apart and talk about how, you know, what is too much, what's too little. So to review a little bit here at this point, and to tease a little bit of where we're going is emotions are your guidance system. So we want our children to have emotions, emotions, good. 
We want to validate their emotions. That does not mean we want to give in to their demands. Um, that's going to be an important piece of where we're going here with this. Where we're going to is raising emotionally focused children that they know that their emotions, they're entitled to their emotions, but they have to learn how to regulate their emotions and that they're not going to get whatever they want. Let's say fair parenting leads also to anxiety and many other problems. So anything goes doesn't work. Authoritarian doesn't work. Dismissive doesn't work. And um, disapproving doesn't work. One last thought before we take the break. If you grew up with authoritarian parents, there's a very good chance that you became a laissez-faire parent. And the reason why is you didn't want your kids to go through the uh, discipline and the authoritarianness of your childhood. The problem is the same result happens from authoritarian parents and from laissez-faire parents is the child ends up a little bit lost. So when we come back from the break, we'll talk about what is the style we want to get to, how do we make the adjustments and not have things going chaotically bad in our households, which I know happens because if we don't have a good uh, mix of emotional validation and boundaries, your house becomes chaos. So sit tight. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness.
You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we are back on Straight Talk. And before I go any further, I want to thank our sponsor, Spa Maneri. If you are in the Montreal area and you want to take a break, give them a call at 514-695-5040. Get a massage, a facial, a beauty treatment. If you mention Straight Talk with Sandra Rich, when you make your appointment, you get 15% off. So definitely a nice thing to do on these cold, wintry days. We are in Montreal, Quebec. It is cold. Um, Georgia Dow is in the house. She has arrived. I mentioned all of Georgia's amazing, many of you following her on Straight Talk, her amazing credentials. She is a top therapist um, and an expert on children and parenting. So I was just, she just came in. She's a bit cold, but I was telling her about the styles that we talked about. And before I get into um, emotional coaching parenting, which is, you know, raising an emotionally focused child, I just wanted to, first of all, welcome you back to Straight Talk. Thank you so much for being here, Georgia. Thank you for having me. And get your opinion a little bit. You see this every day in your office, the dismissive as you know you even played a joke on me when I mentioned the dismissive the dismissive parent the authoritarian parent the laissez-faire parents and the disapproving parents are they as um, common as I am suggesting these days do we see a lot of this I we see a lot I see a lot now of um, laissez-faire parenting I said it was fashionable it, it's fashionable and I think that the pendulum has went from That's authoritarian exactly. have you already said this am I no but it's so great that you <laughs> it's so great that you're saying it go it's, for it well it, it is it's swung right so there's all I said, these people if you grew were, up with authoritarian parents now you're gonna you know make sure that that you're just letting them you know you want to be their friend you want yes. them to do whatever you want them to like you okay and, stop right there what's yes. wrong with being your kid's friend people tell me all the time they want to be their kid's friends and I know know what you're going to say and I need you to say it. <laughs> Go for it. Because they have plenty of friends. They don't need any more friends. What they need is a parent. You oh have boy. a job to do when you are raising your parents. And that's not to be their friend. When you're raising your kids, you mean? When you ra- sorry. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Or raising your parents. Yeah. Eventually you start raising yeah, them that's, too, that's right? Yeah, that's true too. That's true. But your your job is to help prepare your kids for the world. And that is not by using a friend. They only have two parents. If they're lucky, they might have more. Maybe they only have one. They need you. They need you and you need to be there to teach them what's right, what's wrong, to give them the tools to be able to succeed. And you cannot do that through friendship. And that doesn't mean you can't be friendly with your child. That doesn't mean you can't have a close relationship. But your role is not friend. Sometimes it's to tell them what they don't want to hear. Sometimes it's to protect them from things that they may not notice. And when your children are growing up, you need to give them that structure so that they grow up straight, strong, tall. I, I you know, I, like hallelujah is what comes to mind right now. It suddenly became a religious show. I'm joking. But hallelujah, brilliant words, Georgia. Uh, let's get to this part where you said we sometimes we fall into wanting our kids to like us. And mm-hmm. I, I certainly can relate to that. You know, I'm talking here about the emotional raising an emotionally focused child and exactly what you said that I don't want to be my kid's best friend. I mean, again, friendly, yeah. but I, I have a job to do. I have a parenting hat. I have to keep it on. I have to remember that sometimes when they look at you with those disappointed eyes, it's hard. And I know people are listening 
are struggling with that. You want your kids' approval. Why is that a problem? Because that's going to make you do the wrong thing. Yes, it is. Because you're going to see them, they're going to be upset, and it's hard to see someone we care about be upset. But sometimes upset is exactly what they need. They need to be able to have rules. And also, if you have a child that you've never made, and I have a lot of parents come into my office and say to me, but they won't like this. Mm. And my my thought in my mind is, they, they or I usually say, they might not, and that's okay. Because the world is not going to only be giving them things they like. The world is going to be giving them things that they don't like. And so just by them being disappointed, they're learning how to deal with disappointment, which is also a bonus. It's a good thing. Even some of the things that are hard for us to see because we love our children, we want to protect them from everything. We're teaching them a skill by letting them learn that, you know what, sometimes things don't go your way and you still have to deal and cope. (laughs) Emotional regulation, right? Exactly. I remember you telling me years ago when I first met you, I remember you telling me the example. Oh, I didn't answer your question, though. Oh, go ahead. Let me me continue. I apologize. I got into that. No worries. But but you made such a good point, though. Yeah, but why would that be bad is that if you worry that your child is disappointed, you're going to give them what they want instead of giving them what they need. Ah, well said. So I... give them what they want instead of what they need. And our job is to give them what they need. Yes. But I I did want to... Even if they don't want it. Even if they don't want it. Yeah. But segue on that point. I just remember I have a flashback of you giving the example of, you know, parents saying to their kid, like, oh, that picture, it's like Picasso, you're amazing. And you were like, uh, danger ahead, because that's not what life's going to be like. They're going to get into university or high school, and nobody's going to be saying they're like Picasso. No. Do you want to say a few words on that? Yeah, th- that deals a lot with uh, building a secure sense of self-esteem. So if you overdo how amazing, it's phenomenal, that's so great, that's that. And again, if your child is Picasso, then you may say that they are exactly like Picasso, but usually our children's drawings are not. And I see a lot of parents that overblow <laughs> compliments. It does two things that are very dangerous. One is they go into the world and they think that their art is Picasso because at first they believe you. Right. And so then their teacher says and says, it's okay, but I think that you need to fix this or change that. And that destroys them. Mm. So you are building up a false bubble of who they are as a person and they are not learning the truth of who they are. And then how do they navigate life? The second and more dangerous in a lot of ways is they learn not to trust you. Yeah, that's Your a big one. words no longer are truthful and don't matter. And so I often, I I actually went through a session today where I said, I will tell you the truth, even if you don't want to hear it. And they said, really, but won't you just want to make me feel good? And I said, but I'm no use to you if I only am here to make you feel good. My job is to help see things and, and I could be wrong, but to show you things that as I might see that they might be to give you those tools to that. And as a parent, you want, you walk a very fine line of wanting to, to them to, you don't want to be overly harsh and be the critical parent, but you also want to be specific to what your compliments are. So if you see the painting and maybe it's a horrible painting, you don't want to say this is horrible and, and this is trash. Even if you think that, don't do that. Mm-mm. But you might say, you know what? I really like your use of color or I can sense a lot of emotion into your image. You want a specific compliment that builds secure self-esteem and makes them go, huh? Whenever, like if you get a compliment, I say, that was great, Sandra. 
how much does that actually make you feel good? Mm, not so much. No, but if I give you a specific compliment and say, you know what, I really love the way that you stated that. I think that it was very, like it made me really feel good about the way that you say things or your voice, your tone of voice is always so soothing to me. Those are compliments. How do they make you feel? Well, really good because they're very specific, as you said, to me. Right, which so, means it makes you feel like they're meaningful. They're meaningful I've actually yeah. thought about mm-hmm. it and it mm-hmm. might it's more true. And that's what you want to do. And by the way, with adults, the exact same thing. Yeah, well, I'm an adult. And <laughs> I took the compliment. Uh, amazing. So I want to talk a little bit. I want to give the overview. She's laughing. She's loving that. I, I want to give the overview because you did such a beautiful job of explaining of how it, basically if we forget that there's a job here as a parent, we get ourselves into trouble. Yeah. I want to give the overview on the research and then I want to talk about it. So again, I'm, I'm alluding to John Gottman's research because I really love a book he wrote called Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child it's worth checking out. You it's know the book? Good. I have the book. Brilliant book. So I, I, just a few points of what it would look like like because I already explained you know too much emotion no good dismissing emotion no good so it might be a little unclear so some thoughts what you do when you're raising an emotionally intelligent child is you value the child's negative emotions as a chance to connect with your child to validate okay and to help your child be aware of their emotions but there are limits on what you do with the emotions. So there has to be a distinction between the feeling and the action. Again, like I said before, you can be sad or angry. You may not be able to, and I'm joking, you definitely can't punch someone. So that's our job to teach that. Another point that I'll, I'll come back to you in a moment, Georgia, and get your opinion on this, is that the parent who knows how to do this sees negative emotions as a real opportunity for parenting Uh, opportunities. Sorry, that's a little redundant, but you know what I mean? The child expresses something negative. Oops, we have a really great opportunity here for something I can teach my child. Furthermore, we are, have to be careful about telling our children how they should feel. You mm-hmm. should feel excited. There's a big event coming in the next few days. You should be happy. You should not be sad. And again, we'll talk about this, Georgia, because I think everybody slips into that from time to time. It's very tempting to tell someone how they should feel. We cannot do that. So instead, we use emotional moments as an opportunity to connect with a child or with anyone else, like you said, to empathize and validate what they're feeling. So if they say something that it's you wanted them to be happy about something by empathizing and also setting limits and setting guidelines on what you can do with those emotions, we are doing our job. Correct? Yes. And this is a way that you get can have a greater understanding of your child and wit. You want to learn how do they see the world. We often think that everyone sees the world in the same way or your child will see the world the way that you do. But when, you know, they say, I, I really am I'm angry about this this party that I'm about to have, you you would have the opportunity to be able to say, Oh, why is that? Or can you explain that to me? So that you get to look through a little bit and get closer to how do they work and how do they see the world. And then you can help them navigate it even better. Right. And, you know, just just to really highlight what you're saying, the research shows that when you do this, children learn to trust their feelings. They learn to regulate their emotions and solve problems. They tend to have a higher self-esteem. They learn well and they get along well with others. So I just want to say, because you see, the fear of many parents is that if you validate the emotion, so if the child is having a tantrum, like, give me enough food, and you validate the emotion, the fear is that the child will keep going 
into further into tantrum. And that's not what happens. Actually, if you try it out, try do try this at home. If you validate an emotion, not right away, but the emotion will start to come down. Whereas if you say, you shouldn't be acting like this, go to your room or whatever, the tendency is for the emotion to go up. Why is that? Because they're, they don't feel heard. And so what will happen is that they will then cry louder, get louder because they want to be seen. And same thing happens with adults. If you're having a fight and someone's not listening, you will often try to fight more. And then the more dangerous thing will happen is you learn to shut down. Okay, so we're going to take a break, but I'm going to give a good teaser here. Georgia Dow often uses the line, do not negotiate with terrorists. What has that got to do with this show? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. We're back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, so I left you with a real cliffhanger. So, um... Let me just, you know, backtrack for a moment. So this idea of emotional coaching with children. So it's definitely uh, validating 
understanding and problem solving with your child. It's not, um, you know, not always saying because I said so, understanding their point of view and maybe even some negotiation, which leads into my cliffhanger is you don't negotiate with terrorists. So before we get to you don't negotiate with terrorists, I, I, it's going to sound a little contradictory, but you're open to hear what your kids have to say. However, if your kids, your kids will, and that's their nature, they're going to try to manipulate you to get what they want. That's what children do. I know this is shocking for many listening, but children do try to get what they want and they're going to try whatever is necessary. So being open to discussion and validating is fine. What on earth do you mean when you say you don't negotiate with terrorists? So if they are threatening you, if they are saying, if you don't do this, I'm going to do that. If oh, they do. Like give an example because they do that oh, often. If, if, if you don't do that, I'm going to not eat my food or I'm never going back to sleep if you don't do this or I'm going to break this if not or I'm going to hurt myself or hurt my brother this, or I'm going to punch them or I'm not going to school if you don't do this. Yes. And they um, do they do that? Do they kids kids are they're gonna find whatever works. They're trying to gain control. That is them trying to push the boundaries. So that is okay not, or not so that's not bad kids. That's no, it's, all it's kids. Ch- just children in general. And and most. Some you might have a child that's exceptionally compliant, but then later you're gonna have like you'll say, Oh thank God I have this compliant child. But you don't also later that will be a problem. Yes. I have one child that's very that's more of the like will con- like me. They'll constantly battle. Like he's like just will always argue. It's me. He's like me. And then I have my other child. That's like my my husband, who like you know is like paying a little more attention. Is going to do the right thing. Try to make everyone happy. They both come with different positives and negatives. But either way, if you know when my child was like 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 pretending to hit himself, I I wanted to go there and stop him, but really. What I had to do, and I knew it, I'm listening to my own voice in therapy saying, shh, Georgia, don't. Because if they're at this age, at four or six, and they're, they're pretending to, I'm going to hold my breath or I'm going to, you know, smack myself or something like that, <coughs> what are they going to do? And they learn that that works. Because if they you answer sure it and respond learn, but... to it, they're like, that's how I get them. Because yeah. they know how we work, right? They understand how, what gets us. Yeah. And they learn that yeah. very, very early. Master manipulators. That's how they, they don't get left on rocks. Yeah. They really are good at knowing what makes us work. If that works, they will use it. They will use any tool that you have taught them that works. You do not want them to learn that them hurting themselves or threatening or actually acting upon that, which is what happens if you've allowed this to go when they become teenagers, is yeah. something that works. Well, let's we are speak starting to that. a very dangerous situation. And so, no, you do not negotiate when they try to threaten you. And that's where the we don't negotiate with terrorists statement come f- came from. Yes. Yeah. So this is something that shows up in your practice and mine a lot, because when they do become teenagers, they've already learned that they can do this. And then parents come to us and they say things like, well, what do you want me to do? Because I don't want my kid to be in danger. They're not going to call me. They're going to stay out all night. Or I've even had people say to me, like when their kids were behaving in a really inappropriate, disrespectful way. I've had parents call me and say, would you kick your kids out of the house? And I want to go on record here. And I, I, I'm going to ask you the same thing that I would not be happy to kick my kids out of the house. But if it, the alternative was giving into these kinds of demands, I don't see that I'd have a choice. So your child's on drugs, for example, and you put a rule down, no drugs in the house. And they say, if you, if you're, if you're going to be like that, you know what? I'm out of here. Georgia. Yeah, Your you, thoughts? I would not want to. I would hope that that would not come to me to pass. But I, you have to protect the sanctity of your home. And so 
you you have to use whatever you can to help them best that there are rules and they in in my house it's my rules even when they're 18 if my adult children are in my home you know they are still guests in my home it's their home too but there are rules to that even if they're paying rent they have to abide by that so that's respect and so even if it came to that point where they were being violent or they were aggressive or you know they didn't follow the rules to that Yes, I would have to put a boundary down of this is not acceptable because these are things that break up marriages. They're things that make the other children feel neglected or left out or not safe. So if that happened to you and your child refused to abide by it and you'd have to ask your child to gently but firmly leave, many people would say, and I hear this all the time, but you could be sending your child out into a dangerous world. What do you say to that? But if they are using drugs, they're already in a dangerous world. Yeah. And maybe if, you know, sometimes what happens is that by staying in the home, they are comfortable enough to not get help. It works. And I don't want that to be something that works. It would definitely be a last resort if it wasn't for violence, which, again, that is a, a straight up rule. Um, but if it was, you know, you know, drugs, I would try to find every other method, therapy, going to rehab, doing that and, and hope that something would click to that before I would get to that point. But you want to make sure that the people that you have around you are safe and healthy and you don't want to enable. And that's what happens is a lot of homes these children are enabled because I say, well, how do they have the funds to be able to um, yes. pay for this? It's amazing, right? So this brings up something we always end up back on, which is boundaries and consequences. Yes. So there needs to be, so emotion, raising an emotionally focused child includes boundaries and consequences. We need to say that. So it's, it's so loving, it's empathetic, but there are there's still rules and there are consequences for not abiding by the rules. Yes. And those are so, they're so hard. It, it's one of the, the first questions I have. Here. What are these? And isn't that like punishment is a bad word. What are these consequences? How yeah. do we do this? Yeah. It's very complex. How can people learn about what are boundaries and consequences and how do you deal with them? Because it's very there's a lot of rules to this. Well, I definitely think that, first of all, the whole terminology, I agree with you. People don't even know the terminology boundaries and consequences. It's not like you said, fashionable. Uh, Well, you mentioned the laissez-faire parenting and I said it was the fashion statement now. It's not fashionable to put a boundary or consequence on your kids now because we're the product of authoritarian parents. So it's, you know, their kids, let them be. You're being too strict. So first of all, it's to wrap your head around boundaries and consequences. You might need to work with somebody who is an expert in this. Mm -hmm. What else can they do? So, you know, if you're wanting to get and boundaries and consequences are really the the structure to have healthy relationships, not just with your kids. This is the structure to have healthy relationships at work Mm -hmm. with your husband, with Mm -hmm. your in-laws, with your sister, with your friends, with yourself. And if you really are interested in having better relationships in the way that you treat yourself and others, we do have a video that you can get that talks about boundaries and consequences. And we go through all of the rules, all of the steps to it, different thoughts to it. We discuss that. And it's it's really one of my favorite videos I ever did with you. I like that one. That one and the parenting are probably, that parenting and sleep are probably my favorite 
video. Oh, and the negative one. The yeah. negative self-talk, which is like anxiety That's on the four. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, but I they've all been great. So, yeah. yeah. So we did the videos, you know, a couple of years ago now, but the boundaries and consequences like is really our most popular video. And the parenting one also is very popular for this reason, because again, like I started the show, we don't get a manual on it. Yeah. So sometimes it's helpful. And that's one resource. We're certainly not saying you have to go with our resources, many resources. We tried to be very specific in boundaries and consequences in parenting. If people are interested uh, to learn more about that, where would they find those videos? You can just uh, search online. It's anxiety-videos.com. Okay. Okay, so they can go on anxietyvideos.com and they can download instantly yes. the video. It's and a digital download. Digital yep. download, you have it, you can watch and it as many cheap. times as it's you want. It's not expensive. It's not expensive. Again, like I guess in the age of free, anything that you have to pay for is expensive. And it's more expensive um, than, you know, getting an application on your phone or something like that. Like there's a, there's a cost to it, but it's something that we've had wonderful results. People have, have just written us how it really was wonderful to that, so... Yeah. Okay. So they could either seek out uh, a therapist who could guide them mm-hmm. or, you know, a cheaper version might be a video. If they wanted to call you, um, yes. how would they reach you? So you can call up. Uh, it's 514. You wouldn't reach me directly. You call um, the center. Call, yes. <laughs> Which would be 514-777-4530. Yeah. And, you know, many of our listeners are not in Montreal. So I, you know, you might be, they may be listening going, this is of no help to me. Well, this is part of why we did A, the videos. And B, uh, what we've done over the years is if you are in Canada, we do Skype sessions, but we also, if we get a call from someone who's stuck somewhere else, if we know of any resources in your country, we will certainly try to guide you along. It is really important to work with an expert and work with someone who has mastered this in their own life. So when you were talking about as a therapist, being honest with your clients and saying, you're not going to tell them things just to make them feel good. I thought to myself, Ooh, that's another show on again, how to choose a therapist because you don't want a therapist that's going to pump you up. I mean, it feels good to be pumped up, but you want the truth. If you're messing up, you want someone who's going to say it kindly, but you want someone who's going to tell you. And I think at the center, the number one comment we teach clients is that they need to learn about boundaries and consequences. And many of us didn't learn it. Yes. Okay. Or it was overdone. It's ridiculous that it's not taught in schools. Ridiculous. I have to say. If if we taught about, you know, how to, and we're not taught how to parent, it's the hardest job that we do. And we're not taught how to do it. So we're not taught how to give boundaries and consequences. I'm lucky that I, you know, I went to school and did psychology. And so we, yeah. I, I did a class on it. And so I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. It's, it's one of these things that unfortunately we usually just parent the way that our parents did or the opposite of the way that our parents did. Yeah. And it's really important. And so, you know, I'm happy you're doing um, a show on this because people often don't get to learn about, you know, what are parenting styles and different children often need different parenting styles as well. That's true. That's really difficult. A lot of parents, parents come up to me and like, you know, they have, or they have a friend that say, you know what, my kids are so easy. And they think that then they're perfect parents. Mm -hmm. You might've had an easy child and someone else might not have. We parents often take also a lot of blame and it is not all their fault either because sometimes your child may have its own specific difficulty that they're dealing with. And it's not you. You just do the best you have with your tools. You may not know how to parent that type of child because you have not been taught. And, you know, I'll just add on this this concept of, uh, you know, reaching out for resources. Also, the book, Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child by John Gottman. Great book. book. We're going to take a break. But before we do, in a sentence, 
What to you is the key skill to raising an emotionally intelligent child? I'm putting you on the spot, Georgia Dow. Go. Um, I, I, I don't know really what one sentence would be, but I would say it is to really um, just try and learn and do better. Okay. And one sentence, where, do, where have we gone wrong? Where have we gone wrong? Just a sense we'll come back and discuss it more. Where have we gone so wrong? I started the show by saying there's a surge in anxiety in children. Where have we gone wrong? I, well, I think that, that the entire society is that it's not, we have not found, we think that people can learn parenting just implicitly and that we don't teach people how to be better parents. Brilliant. So thank you for the show. Brilliantly said. Thank you for that. When we come back, as we discuss that, I want to bring up helicopter parenting Mm. and I want to bring up technology and Mm -hmm. this increase in anxiety with somebody who spends a lot of her life promoting technology. So it'll be very interesting to talk to her. I just saw a recent research on, um, you saw it, Microsoft, what's his name? The Microsoft guy? What's his name? Uh, We're both blank. Uh, Uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates, uh, this week came out an article that does not let his kids use technology. We'll come back and talk about that. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back on Straight Talk. Such an important topic, parenting. Uh, we've done this, ep- this not this episode, but this topic before. And it was funny. I was writing up next month and I found myself putting it on again because, you know, I realized I don't have to do it right away again. But there's a lot to say about it. And there is such a huge rise in anxiety. Oh, yes. So there's two things we need to talk about, which is one, the helicopter parenting, okay, which is very, very common with anxiety. And I want to just refer to the um, article that came out from Bill Gates. And, you know, it's who cares that it's Bill Gates. It's just kind of interesting that the Microsoft co-founder limits his children's exposure to technology. And he, he, you know, put his foot down, him and his wife put the foot down on um, technology for his kids until they were 14. Now, Bill Gates, that's nice. Um, it's interesting because he's in technology, but we're in the field of psychology. We also don't advocate for a lot of technology in kids and that there's, that leads to a lot of problems in your kids. People don't like to hear that much. Why are we saying that? Are we just anti-technology? Because I know we're both very into technology. No, I do a lot of podcasts and talks on technology. I love technology. I have so much tech in my house. I've every she has tons of tech in her house. Virtual reality video game systems. I'm a huge gamer. I love technology. I have every little tech mahuzit that (laughs) that there you can own. I probably own. Um, So the reason for it is that technology, especially at a young age, it it absorbs a child's time. And it does a lot of negative things. I love tech, and I think in some ways it's really good. But I think that in many ways, for a young developing mind, it ruins your attention span. It teaches you that you have an immediacy to that. And social media and Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and other things also gets you wired for that need for constant affirmation from an outside source being liked. How many hits did I get on that? How many people are following this? I'm going to have to send something else out. And it's been programmed. And also the people that work in Facebook, two of the head um, developers to Facebook also spoke out about how they feel bad that they have created something that is they, in their words, destroying society. And You and I both know that people that spend a lot of time searching on social media and Facebook do not feel better about themselves afterwards. No, no. And the research is unequivocal on that, no doubt. Um, We definitely know also that the dopamine in the brain with uh, kids in particular, uh, the brain is not fully formed till 25. And gaming and all these fun things that we both love to do, for sure, um, produces a lot of dopamine to the point that when they stop being on the computer and you ask them to go, you know, read a book or play outside that foreign concept, they it's boring. It's just not going to work. And we see these kids with tons of anxiety. People come up to me at the school where my kids go and they, they ask me these questions because they know I'm in the field. But when we tell them to reduce the um, tech, they're not keen. They're not keen. Phones are very commonplace in young kids these days. And we're only starting to see the effects now. Yes. I would say, I would ask everyone and myself included, how far away is your phone or computer from you right now? Not far. Right. Mine is like with not even a foot away from me. Right. And almost always it would be within five to 10 feet. 
this is something that most people will say to me, I wish I would use my phone or, you know, computer less. Yeah. And most cannot do that. Yeah. And again, as an adult, not great, but again, your brain is formed. Yes. Our children, and you see the problem, and I'm why I'm highlighting this so much, is that it's we also live in a society where your kids come home and say, everybody else has a phone. Everybody else is on Snapchat. So, okay, why do I have to get the parents that don't let me? And I guess both George and I are encouraging anyone who's listening to take some confidence in the fact that if you are that parent that's limiting, we're not saying none, but limiting tech, you are actually helping your child, their brain function, uh, immunize against anxiety, better social skills because they won't be on the computer. They'll mm-hmm. be actually watching you when you're talking to a friend on the street. They'll learn how to do it. Yes. Um, you could save a lot of money on later therapy or you know later problems by re- keeping a close eye. So this is also a boundary. Yes. Okay. Very briefly, helicopter parenting. Helicopter parents are parents that just circle around their kids and try to protect their kids from any danger. I go to children's parties. We both have young kids. I see them. They are protecting their children. They sometimes make me, I watch them and I feel like I'm like a neglectful parent because I'm not really watching that much. Okay. It seems good. They're watching and looking out for their children. Unfortunately, their kids show the highest rate of anxiety. Why would that be? Yeah. Yes, you would say, well, I've protected them from all kinds of danger. They should not have any anxiety. And they're safe now. But what happens is that it does two main things. There's there's many reasons that you should not helicopter parent. But one of them is that how do children learn to navigate danger? Hmm. If they never, ever see everything, if they've never broken everything, if they've never done anything wrong, how are they learning that? And the second thing is that you're, well, there's actually three. The second thing is you are saying the world is a really dangerous place because I have to be this close to you because if not, something horrible is going to happen. And third, we are saying I don't, and you're not meaning to say this. No one, no one goes out to do anything to harm their child. You are doing it out of love. But what you are saying to them implicitly and unconsciously is that I don't trust that you'll be able to handle this. Mm. So I'm going to handle it for you. Brilliantly said, Georgia. Which means that the child will feel safety with their parent, but not safety with themselves. Wow. And then when difficulties arise, they need someone else to solve it because they have not learned the skills to be able to solve their own problems. And you want to raise a problem-solving child. Which is often known in our world as a resilient child. And I always say, if I could, if you want to give your kids one thing, it's mm. not happiness, mm. it's resiliency, the ability to deal with good times and bad. Beautiful. So really brilliantly said, and so it brings the point home. I also love that you said, and I'm going to really take that as the very important takeaway, that none of these parenting styles, no one sets out to, you know, at least almost no one sets out to want to hurt their kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you are giving your kid a lot of tech, the goal isn't for us to say like, Oh, you're bad parents. Not at all. No. I think that your intention is quite good. And I think helicopter parenting, you want to protect your children. Your heart's in the right place. Even dismissive parenting. The the reason parents do this is they feel their kids are getting too wrapped up in their emotions. So there's no judgment here. The goal of the show is to, the topic was, where did we go wrong? And how do we make those tweaks? And what do we know now in research? We're living in 2018. We know a lot more than we used to. We didn't get courses in parenting. And I'm very grateful to you for coming on and sharing your knowledge for all our listeners to learn these skills to help us, you know, help our children and therefore help our society. 
Yes. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. It's a big thing and it's a very hard job. It is. It is easy for people to sit in judgment of others. And we do. People do it all the time. All the time of people's parenting. We are doing the best we can with the tools that we have. And thank you, Sandra, for having the show to help people learn some better tools. Thank you so much again, Georgia, for coming on and sharing your, your brilliance. It's always such a pleasure. She's looking at me strangely, but it's true. I think it's a very important show. So, so that's all the time we have uh, left today. So before we sign off, I'd just like to, again, thank Spominary. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, and I'd like to invite all of you to come back next week. If you're interested in our retreats, therapy, or any media, anxietyvideos.com that was mentioned on the show or previous shows, you can check out helpforanxietydepression.com, or you can check out straighttalksandarish.com. There's lots of information on there. Also on the Facebook, Straight Talk Sandra Reich. You can hear this in any prior show as a podcast on my website, straighttalksandarish.com, on the podcast app of your iPhone and our and on iTunes under Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. And feel free to drop Georgia or myself a comment or a question anytime at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. So my name is Sandra Reich, and I promise I will help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, and keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.